What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in on this lovely Friday morning, afternoon, or night, whenever I guess you listen to it. You know, every time I say that, I'm like, you know, people probably aren't listening to this all at the same time in the morning, so I should probably just say on Fridays. But it's 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 in the morning. I can't think that far. And they could be listening on a Saturday. That's true too. Thank you for tuning in on whatever day you're listening to <laughs> or, or watching the stream. Uh, I apologize. Um, shout out to, I think we have a new listener in Australia. I think that's the new country that's on there. Um, and also, major shout out to you guys. We have broken the 500 listen mark. Um, and for us, like we're not like super tracking listens and everything like that. I just thought that was cool. 500 plays. We appreciate you guys for doing that. Um the other night I looked at it, it was at like 470-something, and it jumped the next morning to like 530-something. I was like, oh my gosh, all right, I'll take that. So shout out to you guys. We appreciate you guys for listening. Um, hopefully you like what you're uh, what you're watching and what you're listening to. I guess you wouldn't come back so much if you didn't. Uh, but we appreciate you guys just hanging out with us each and every Monday and Friday or whatever day that you listen to. Huge weekend uh, this weekend for the Denver Broncos as they could get back to 500. We will talk about that. They play the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, if the Atlanta Falcons have a lead, then I will surely feel confident in that one. Also, the NBA is coming back. We have a date. Jokic season is just about a month out. I'm excited. I'm ready to get my heart broken again. I'm ready to have my blood pressure and heart rate reach unattainable and unhealthy levels. So that's going to be good. We'll talk about that. We'll make our NFL picks. Um, and the streak continues for Brandon not sending in his Thursday night pick. So easy W's. I will take it. Here, here. 13 games up, baby. And uh, we're one step no, closer uh, to 20. I am, currently, I am currently making my picks for the rest of the year on Thursday night games. <laughs> No joke. I'm picking all the Thursday night games right now. I was like, I was like, that's what I'm going with. Last night, I was like, he's definitely not going to forget. Like, he's going to send me it. And I was doing laundry last night. And I checked my phone at like 530. I didn't have anything. I came back down at like six and I had a text. And I was like, ah, he remembered. And it wasn't you. And I was like, ah, he didn't remember. I was so happy. And it wasn't the game started. I was like, yes. Um, easy win too. I mean, Green Bay completely blew them off the map. I mean, San Francisco didn't have anybody. I mean, they're down to like fifth string players at this point. So, um, but it was competitive for like a quarter. But other than that, it was just kind of was it? It was. I want like well, half of the first quarter. I mean, it was it was like what ten three at one point, wasn't it? <laughs> Something like that. It was close ish. I mean, the 49ers I were stopping them. They forced them in a couple three and outs, and then you know they threw a pick, and <laughs> it just kind of snowballed from there it was like a broncos game one bad thing happens and it's just a avalanche effect but we thank you guys for tuning in where do you want to start you want to start with the broncos game you want to start with the nba coming back you can start with whatever you're doing because uh i am currently picking all my <laughs> Thursday games okay. i am i'm literally okay. picking everything right uh let's, let's start with the nba we'll knock that out real quick uh if you guys didn't see it adrian warzenarowski espn insider for the nba put out last night in the wee hours of the night that the NBA and NBA PA have agreed on a date. Now it was kind of going back and forth as to whether it's going to be December 22nd or, you know, some of the players were like, no, that's too early. We want January 18th. And so I guess the, um, the stipulation was, okay, if we start on in, in January, um, it's going to be like a 65 game season, less money for you, um, stuff like that. 
Whereas if we start in December, I think it was like a um, a 72 game season, which is what they're going to play now. And uh, obviously they don't lose as much money. The players don't. And it kind of gets them back on track with the normal schedule. Not completely. I think the finals will still end just after August. So usually the finals would end, you know, um, or sometime in August. Usually the finals on a regular schedule would end, you know, mid-June-ish. So they'll, they'll be somewhat on track. Not completely, but at least a little bit better. So, I mean, that'll be cool. You go from finals into preseason football. So, boom. I mean, smart for the NBA right there. They're going to capitalize on that whole little stretch right there. Um, when the when the NFL is just starting to wind down, we'll be at the very tail end of the regular season going into playoffs. And then when, when the beginning of the NBA season starts, no one's really going to care at that point unless you're like a diehard fan, um, which we'll watch. I will watch painfully. Uh, I don't think there was enough time for Nikola to get fat again. So that makes me happy. I don't know if he you had enough know. time to... You never know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the great winter. He piles on for hibernation. So... I don't know if he's able to pile on that much, but we'll see. I'm excited, man. I mean, December 22nd, 72-game season. Um, they're they're, they're going to talk about moving up the free agency, start a free agency, possibly maybe before the draft. I saw there's some talks about that. Typically, it's after the draft, I believe, right? Um, because it's the, yep. the draft is like two weeks after the finals ends, usually. Um, so I think they're going to do that. Um, but either way, I mean, we're going to have free agency like within the next couple of weeks. The draft is just under two weeks uh, away. It's on my birthday on the 18th. So I'm super excited for that. And then we'll have free agency. And then December 1st is when teams will kick off uh, training camp. So, I mean, listen, Nuggets basketball is right around the corner, guys. So we're going to get right back into this thing. We're going to get a lot of answers very quickly uh, in terms of free agency. You know, what are the Nuggets going to do? What are they going to do with the 22nd pick in the draft? Uh, are they going to trade that? Or are they going to use that on a guy? We'll see. And um, obviously the offseason rumors are just starting to get going. I've seen a lot of Drew Holiday stuff. Um, the Pelicans are officially yeah, shopping I him. Saw, I saw one. I, I, for Drew Holiday, I am not giving up all ball. I'm sorry. I'm not. Really? I'm not. I would. Not for, not for Drew Holiday. Not for I Drew would. Holiday. I if, if they if they trade if if they trade say Gary and Bull Bull and a first that is way too much. That I, I saw I think that's what I saw. Um that that's that's way too much. Well here's the thing though, because if you just if you're throwing in Gary, that's you kind of have to entice a team to take Gary on because of his production. Now, a first may not be too much, but here's here's where it's beneficial for the Nuggets. Drew Holiday's going into the last year of his deal. So essentially, you're just getting a one-year rental. Right, so, so why are you giving up ball ball? Well, I mean, is, is a first in Gary going to really and, entice And is Pelicans Drew Holiday, look, look I, I, I like Drew Holiday. But does Drew Holiday put you over the top? No. Well, that's that's what I was not. talking about with a lot of coworkers yesterday. I was like, uh, that's essentially what I said to them. I was like, I don't know if Drew Holiday puts them over the top. Um, it depends on what no. the Lakers do, what the Clippers do, and all that. You know stuff. what? You, you know what can put you over the top is having a lineup with Jamal Murray, MPJ, Bol Bol, and Nikola Jokic. That can put you over the top. But you got to be patient. Uh, you got to be patient, yeah. and you know, I that's one thing that you know I think we've been worried about with the Nuggets is. Are they being too patient? Um, have they been uh, too patient? And at this point, I think after seeing what Bol Bol did, I just don't know how you can just 
ship them off for a one-year rental. Well, it's about what they want to do. Right? Unless it's for someone like Chris Paul or which money-wise, I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, a Bradley Beal, um, which unfortunately would take like an MPJ. Yeah, that's just um, not happen. And, and I wouldn't do that either. So I, I don't know. I, I did see one where, well, because Booker, uh, Devin Booker, there's reports that he wants out of Phoenix. I don't blame him. I, I would give up MPJ and Bull Bull for Devin Booker. Ooh. I'd give up both of them and a couple of firsts for Devin Booker. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Devin Booker is the only player, the only player that's available right now that I would give up both MPJ and Bull Bull and a first and just go all in. If you want to go all in and get over and go over the top, that's who you go and get. I'm going to have to message our guy, uh, uh, Jake that we had on. Uh, yeah, I, but here's the thing. I just don't works. think that's realistic. I don't think, I don't think Phoenix would give up Devin Booker because I think he's on a big contract. Um, still, I think he has a few years left, like three three or four so has i don't he, know has he signed a new deal yet i i thought he did i thought that was like two years ago where he signed a five-year deal i could be wrong though he's been in the league for a long time oh yeah he has signed a five-year deal um so he's not a free agent until 24 right exactly so that's why i would so... give up i would i would give up i mean i would give phoenix almost everything the only thing i wouldn't get the only guys i wouldn't give them would be jamal and Jokic. I mean, if if you could if you could pull something off to where you send quite a bit over to Phoenix and you can get Devin Booker, I I will roll with that big three. That is fine with me. You can you can put scraps around him. I don't care, but that three works. Yeah, well, I mean, you would have to uh, because yeah. he's making twenty nine this year. He'll make thirty one, thirty three, and then thirty six. Actually, not that much. That's no, I mean, he's not, he's not making much. max money. No, but I mean, that's. That's probably what you would end up paying. Well, here's the know, thing: thirty million dollars. That's uh, take fourteen from Gary, take what twelve from from Will, and you lose Plumley. That's about thirty right there. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm I gonna mean, message our guy Jake about that. Money wise, it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah money wise, that doesn't hurt Denver at all. Actually, what I, it, it would just take a lot to get him. And if you're Phoenix, would you take MPJ, Bull Bull, and Will? And Gary, I would. I take would. all four with a couple yeah. firsts. Yeah, because you get you get. Listen, Devin Booker's a great talent. Like he's a top fifteen player probably right now. Yeah. Um, but with that, like that, legitimately puts you into like six to eight seed contention right there. At least I would think. Yeah. Because you'll if have Phoenix, yeah. DeAndre Ayton. You'll mm-hmm. have you know say it's Will Barton and MPJ. I mean, whoa. <laughs> like you're getting some yep. some big scoring punch and then Bulbul like you're getting two guys in Bulbul and MPJ that you could possibly add to a DeAndre Ayton and build your franchise around. Right. So right. And, and then and then for Denver it's up to up to you how do you build around the big three? Yeah. Well, I mean it's tough and, and, at that point and, so it's Right, but I mean it just you just got to find a way to build around them. And that's that's a hell of a big three because that's I think all three would be under the age of twenty six. It is, but defensively <laughs> they're not stopping anybody at that point. Well, and, and that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is you're gonna have to go out and get just defensive guys. 
yeah. you know, three and D guys, Jay Crowder. Um, uh, you wouldn't be able to afford him for that. <laughs> I don't do know. That? I mean, I don't know. I just guys like that. You're going to have to find that, you know, just three and D guys that fit with Malone. And, and then you got to hope that Booker fits in with Jokic and Jamal, because yeah. we saw when MPJ was out there a lot with them, that it, it almost seemed to like they would kind of ignore MPJ. So, you know, the thing with Jamal and Jokic, their chemistry is so good that fitting in a third guy is concerning because yeah, it's especially almost a guy like who needs the ball. Right. To be. Um, but I mean, I mean, if you ask, I think if you ask Devin Booker, hey, would you want to play with Jokic and Jamal? Mur- like, who do you who do you leave at that point? You're not leaving anybody. You can't double it. I mean, you could try and double. Well, you, you can, want you to, can leave. You just got to leave the other two, whatever two that that's out there. That is just it, essentially, essentially you are the Lakers, right? Where you, you can leave really anyone other than LeBron and, and AD. And it's going to be, it's, it's really going to be on those, you know, on, on the stars to, to win the game. That now, do you trust do you trust Jamal Booker and Yogis to win a game against, say, LeBron and AD and Chris Paul? If that if that happens, no. Mm-mm. So not well, that, a game, sure. A series, no. I don't. So so that's where if LA were to get Chris Paul, I I don't know if that how likely that is. Say, let's let's say the Lakers are the same. I don't think they'll be the same. But let's say with the weird offseason they stay the same for whatever reason. Do you trust Jamal Booker and Jokic to beat LeBron and AD? No, not in a series. No. So, I mean, that's, but again, then you have three guys at 20, 20 under 26 for the next three years no. or four, four seasons, right? Would it be, uh, Jokic is 20. He'll be up in 23, I think. And, I think Jamal. I mean, you'll resign Jokic. So, okay, so then you have them for the next at least three seasons. Can they do something by the end of three seasons? Oh, sure. The reason I don't think they get past the Lakers is because the Lakers are just uniquely built. You know, mm-hmm. they're with the if they come back relatively the same. I mean, they're a team defensively; they can lock you down at any moment, and they just have the height that bothers you. And you know. Even if you have that scoring punch, like they're so good defensively that they can clamp down. Um, but that's not to say that the Nuggets couldn't. I would hope if you had Jokic, Jamal, and Devin Booker, like that might be the second best, if those two were to play together, the second best backcourt in the NBA. I think that would surpass CJ and Damian. That might be a notch below. Yeah. That might be like 1B I, to Steph and Clay. Well, and think about the, the, the you would, it would be a, nearly impossible to close against the Nuggets. If it's a close game, you will not be able to beat them. Jokic is clutch. We've seen Jamal be clutch. And Devin Booker is one of the clutchest guys in the league. So and those are I don't guys know how... For 25 at a given night. If the game is within five, I do not know how another team beats you unless you have another two or three guys that are like that. Like, you need, you need KD and Kyrie to be going nuts right to be able to close out those three you need lebron and ad to be hitting their shots outside shots to close out against those three you need Kawhi to well do something 
against those three in order to close out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you need a lot to close out those guys. Now, again, they're young, but Jamal and Jokic have the experience of veterans at this point with how many Game 7s that they've played in, with how many uh, series that they've played in. So then Devin Booker, I'm not really worried about him. You know, the way he played in the bubble... I'm not really worried about him shrinking in, in big moments. No, I mean that's that's a bona fide star right there. Yeah. Like... So I that's but like I said, that is the only deal that I go all out for, uh, all in for. Um other than that, I would give up Bull Bull for, you know, and uh, and like Will and Gary and whoever, uh, for like a Chris Paul. Other than that, I don't really Drew Holiday. I'm not giving up Bobo for. I, I, you just, I, I, I can't. I can't do that because his potential is so is so high compared to what Drew Holiday can give you this year on a one year rental. It's just, it's, it's not worth it. Well, it's all gonna come down to what the Nuggets want to do, though. Like, do they want to maximize the championship window right now? They were in the Western Conference Finals. You could argue you, that they it, could win that Is it that really series. your window, though? Because LeBron is well, still in his prime for some somehow. He is still in his prime, and he keeps on proving it. Anytime someone says he's out of it, he's done, he's right there winning the championship again. And well, he I has think... Anthony Davis alongside of him, and they can go out and get a third piece, by the way, because remember, they could have gotten Kawhi. So they have money to go out and get a third guy. They have the ability to do that. Yeah, but it has and to then, be a trade. And then no the Clippers, we'll see what they do, but they're going to be right there. Uh, Golden State, what if they go out and get you know an, a third guy to pair with to to pair with um, Steph and, and Clay? So is sure. your window really open right now? Well, I think anytime you make the a conference finals, you have a chance. Um, now, is their window large? Probably not. But at this but... point, I would say they're the fourth best team in the West. Sure, you can make that argument, and I th- you you probably are right. Like if I'm if I'm choosing today, if the Lakers come back, really, even if even if they change things, I would probably choose the Lakers, Golden the, State. The, you know, the Lakers and the Clippers are going to get better. It might be a toss-up. So I, I would put them around three or four, yeah. But here's the thing, though. I think anytime you make a conference finals, your window is at least cracked open. Now, is it completely wide open? Maybe not. But you're asking a team in the Nuggets who have been patient and waiting for, what, four or five years now to wait even longer to wait. At a certain point, Like you can't keep waiting. You have to, at some point, go for it. Um, now I'm not saying, you know, whether it's right or wrong to do that this year, if it was me, I'd probably wait it out because I don't think Drew Holiday puts you over the top of the Lakers in particular. Now I think it would make things very interesting against Golden State because you get an upgraded version of Gary Harris. Essentially, you get a guy who can score and defend on the perimeter. Pair that with a guy like Jeremy Grant. It's a really nice defensive pairing that you have in that starting lineup. So I think that would be an interesting one there. I think he would also help versus Dallas. Um, you know, a guy who can defend and score. So I don't think it puts him over the top. I'm with you there. I don't think Chris Paul puts him over the top. I think that's probably as nice as that would sound. I don't think that's a deal I want to mortgage my fu- my future and the potential of some of these guys that we have for that. I don't think I want to do that. And now a lot of Nuggets fans are not going to be happy with that. 
But I think if you kind of wait it out a little bit, if you wait out LeBron maybe another year or two, um, we know we can beat the Clippers. Now, granted, we had to come back, but we know we can beat them. We know we can hang with them, even though they're kicking our faces in. Yeah, but say they game. trade Paul George for someone. Who are they going to trade, know. though? Because Paul George's value has dropped immensely. Paul George is not valuable. What if they the find a way to get James Harden? I don't think they would do that. Well, that would be a disaster, I think. Would it? James Harden and Kawhi Leonard on the same all, team? All of the – actually, I think that fits. I think that works. Um, I don't think I, so. All of the trade rumors with James Harden is interesting. Yeah. It's him. If he were to – if you were to pair him up with Embiid, I actually like that too. I think that would be better. I, just, I, I, think, I just don't I like – I think Houston has paired him up with just guys who don't necessarily – like every time they like when they paired him up with Chris Paul, there was questions like, "Uh, eh, would that really work?" And it like it worked, but it didn't. Like if Chris Paul was healthy in that in that Golden State series, maybe. But still, I don't know if you can really say that they were that they could have beat Cleveland with LeBron and Kyrie that year, right? So I I don't like. Eh, I mean that just to they they've tried to pair him up with point guards. And it doesn't really make sense to do that because he is essentially a point guard. Yeah. So if you pair him up with a, another wing, especially a, a guy like Kawhi who can defend, who is willing to give up the scoring load um, and just be that stable second guy like Kawhi is. I don't think Kawhi thinks he's the second guy, though. And that's why I, I don't think well, it would but, work necessarily because of, like, I don't think it wouldn't work because of talent. I think they would win a lot of games. I just think leadership and cohesiveness, we know Kawhi's, now at this point, we know Kawhi's not the best leader. Um, his teammates have come out, and, and, you know, there's been rumblings that he's not the best leader. He's not, he's obviously not a very vocal guy. He's, he doesn't, like, bond with his teammates i mean a lot of his teammates like montrez lou pat bev were angry at the fact that he was able to just sit out games he was late for flights to games i mean i just don't know how that dynamic would work like under like outside of the court you know as a you know bonding and chemistry and leadership um is james harden the best like leader i don't i don't know so I mean, they would win games for sure. I mean, they'd probably be a one or a two seed, but I just, I don't know. We've seen that chemistry and like that type of bond and leadership, that matters. That really does matter when it comes to the playoffs. Um, I don't know. But but the Embiid and Harden one, that's an interesting one. I think... I love it, that. It would really suck because Houston would probably get stuck with like Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook, the two guards who just absolutely <laughs> can't shoot. And that's just that would be. They, awful they would. I think they're gonna move off for us. Man, well, Russell I don't is know really who, just. I, I don't dropped. know who would take him, but yeah, he's. Oh man, it, that sucks. Because you know what, Russ was always a really good mid range mid range shooter. Like, I mean, his vintage shot would come down. Obviously, besides the dunks, is Up him coming free down throw yeah. free throw line and popping it in your face. Like those early Russell years against the Nuggets in the playoffs. Like he was just so lethal at the free throw line. And then all of a sudden, he just he just can't shoot. Like you you actually just want him to shoot. And I don't think it's a situation where he's just relied on his athleticism his whole career. Um, I just I don't know. I, it's it's just a weird situation where he just can't shoot the ball. And yeah, it's not like he has like a weird looking shot. Like his shot is actually nice. Like it's it's good form, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't go in. And 
yeah, that if you're Houston, I think if you're Houston, you have to be kind of considering, do we start this over and blow oh, yeah. this up? Because, I mean, they've fallen short so many times, and they've been so close a lot of times, too. But, I mean, James Harden, I think, is going to be 31 or 32. And, you know, now there's rumors of him being traded. Like, if you could get a haul for James Harden right now, you wouldn't you want to do that? Because you what is your what is your chances of actually winning a championship at this point? Yeah. So... I don't know. It's going to be a fun offseason, though. Like, I'm excited. Like, it's going to be jam-packed. You're going to have the draft, boom, free yeah. agency, boom. It, it might the be season. the craziest two weeks of NBA offseason ever. Oh, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. And Unfortunately, the free best. agent class isn't that good this year. If no. it was if it was the 2021, could you imagine if it was next offseason and it was in this situation where it's all within two weeks? Giannis is a free agent. Kawhi LeBron's a free out. agent. A, uh, well, AD is technically a free agent this year, but he's going to come in. But yeah, Kawhi could opt out. Paul George can opt out. Like, it, I, it would be Bradley. I believe, no, Bradley Beal is the next year, right? Um, or no, he, the couple he years signed after the that. Extension. Yeah, yeah, he signed an extension. So. Um, but yeah, it would be, it would have been, it would have been crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's going to be fun to see. I think the, the trades, though, this offseason is going to be, interesting i don't know because of how short it is i don't know if trades actually happen though yeah and that that's what i'm wondering too is with such a shortened off season are teams willing to kind of mortgage things and shift things around given how short things are i just i don't right it actually might be a really underwhelming off season to be honest with you yeah well think about it if you're denver you know, you you beat the Clippers because they had no chemistry at all, right? Yeah, and you see that with all those reports coming out, they no one right. on that team. Do cares. you want to risk your chemistry when you know the Lakers have all the chemistry in the world right now? Do you want to risk your chemistry to go out and get someone, and also risking you only got what? I mean, really eight true games to look at Bull Bull. Do you do you trade Bull Bull after only seeing him for eight games and barely in the rotation? Yeah, well, I mean, I it depends on what you can get for him. If a team's gonna overvalue him and give you a good haul, then yeah, I would consider it definitely. But if it's a situation where it's you don't think you could get, you know, essentially, you're trying to steal something for him because he hasn't proven right. anything. But if there's a team that's willing to overvalue him, like like the Devin Booker. Yeah, or, or or Phoenix, then yeah, then of course you jump on it. But yeah. yeah, I just think the more we talk about it, like I was on the fence about going Drew Holiday anyway and making moves, but given how short the offseason is, I just think it's probably best just get Jeremy Grant locked up and then you know what? We'll ride from here. Um well, and here's the thing. By the trade deadline, you know, Drew Holiday might be available. Uh Devin that situation in Phoenix might be even worse with Devin Booker. Um, at that point, make the move at the trade deadline. But right now with the weird off season, uh, shortened off season, you're not going to have a lot of training camp time. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're going to even have preseason games. I don't know if they announced maybe a couple, that. Maybe. So at that point, I think it would be an, a huge advantage for you to bring back everyone because then if you start off hot, you know, LeBron and and AD, they're gonna take a lot of rest. At least LeBron will. 
that yeah, first yeah, month LeBron's or two. already said he's going to be LeBron's already said it. Season. <laughs> so. Right. So you have a shot at starting off really hot and getting the one seed. And by, you know, when the playoffs start, if things are normal or at least getting getting there and you have home court advantage over the whole course of the playoffs, that's huge. So if 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 I'm the Nuggets, I either go all in for Devin Booker if you can get him. If not, you keep everything the same. You try and take advantage of your chemistry. You t- try and take advantage of the Lakers just chilling for the first month or two and the Clippers and Golden State trying to figure things out. You get the one you try your best to get the one seed and you roll with that. Yeah. But that I mean that's that's I think best case scenario for the Nuggets. Yeah. Either of those two. Side note, as an NBA fan, like I'm just really happy that Golden State is back. Like, yeah, e- even yeah. though I, 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 I'm probably gonna Pe- hate people them. People forgot. Them. People forgot how good Steph was. Right. Well, and Clay like, too. I mean, Clay's, well, Clay's, Clay's yeah. really good. Um, well, by the way, we get KD and Kyrie back. KD, Kyrie. Like, I'm really yeah. like as an NBA fan, I'm really excited for for a lot of these guys to get back that didn't have a chance to like say hey like I, I'm still here too like all those people like you know if you're Kevin Durant and you're hearing all this about oh Kawhi's the new guy he's he's overtaken LeBron and that already means that he's overstepped you as well so mm-hmm. if you're Kevin you're like whoa like wait a minute I'm still here too so I'm excited to see him Steph is just you know all the people saying oh Damian Lillard Damian Lillard the deep ball like Steph's like oh wait 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 I did this I re- I remember listening to someone and he's like yeah Dame has the, the he has the most range in the league I'm like was it Kenny uh, Smith that said that why do I think it, it might have been Kenny it might have been Kenny that? Smith and I'm like dude you like, totally forgot about you, Steph do you forget who who made this a thing. Like, yeah, Steph do you was remember, shooting half-court shots. Do you remember the game winner that Steph hit at half-court? And it versus was like... Versus OKC, yes. Yeah, versus OKC. And it was like nothing. Yes. I mean, that was... He pulled like, up literally from the logo. <laughs> like, at the tip of the he, logo. By the way, he had time to get to the three-point line. <laughs> he yeah. pulled up early. Like, he's the first guy <laughs> I've ever seen willingly pass up a layup on a fast break to shoot a three. And yeah. you're like, what? now Now the whole league does it. Yes. But but he, he yeah, he created it. He, he transcended the game. He changed the NBA and how it's played. And, and by the way, shooters do not, re- he will not regress like a Russell Westbrook. No. He's not going to regress like that. He is, he is going to be, the way Steph plays, his prime is extended. Yeah. Well, his, his loss of step will be him going from, being just a crazy shooter from anywhere just to be a spot up guy um because yeah but I that's think, gonna take a long time though. yeah i don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon i think steph's best skill is his off ball work i think yeah. off ball he is just amazing it's he's so gonna hard turn, to stay up he's he's gonna turn into a what ray allen was for miami but he will be that on steroids like that's that's what Steph will be yeah. when he's thirty eight, thirty nine. I'm excited to see Steph again, until yeah. he plays the Nuggets and and drops, <laughs> and then we'll be like, okay, well you can you can go back now. Is are we sure that finger's really healed? Let's just let's yeah. just sit out a little bit. Or if uh, Denver has to play them in the playoffs and Clay Thompson has <sighs> a forty point game six to knock the Nuggets out, because you you know for whatever reason game six with Clay. He goes off. Six Clay. Go look. Go back and look. It's ridiculous. Yeah, people just like forget how good Clay is. Like Clay is like some scrub, like Clay is a great player. 
Um, now he's well, not and, Steph and Curry, Draymond, but... when when those two are healthy, Draymond's a great yeah, player. Yeah, triple single, yeah, yeah. Draymond, <laughs> he's gonna get into the Hall of Fame off of the triple hey, single. They they need him. They need. They him. do. Draymond, Draymond's a Hall of Fame energy guy. Now I, I shouldn't disrespect. He's a great. He was a great defensive player. I don't know if he's what he used to be, but it's it's gonna be fun to have them back. But the NBA coming back soon, um, about a month, a little over a month and a half away. I want to say so uh we're we're super excited for that broncos game taking oh, on the atlanta wow, falcons that, that really just <laughs> we're gonna take a ruin the mood take a thanks, u-turn thanks for that hey listen they could get we're, to 500 we're all week. happy the nba's back <laughs> and then all of a sudden you transition into that and now i'm depressed hey, they could get to 500 this week they could get four wins oh, they could congrats. surpass congrats. my total that i predicted Woo-hoo. um you're still the Lindsay? worst team in your division. Uh, well, yes. Yes, they are. Well, I mean, they beat the Chargers, so technically not. So, I mean, technically they're not the worst team in the division. Did you see the stat um, about Philip Lindsay? Because I, I just love to gush about Philip Lindsay. Did you oh, see God. this stat? Wait, well, real, real quick. Did you see who was it that caught up to Philip Lindsay is not a breakaway guy. He okay, really is like he, he got we he have got, to do he this got every it every week. Wait, but did you see whoever that was caught up to him like it was nothing? Uh, who the cornerback? I don't know whoever that was. Listen, that was like I'm gonna right blame behind him. Toe. I mean, he was he's still working through some toe <laughs> stuff. I mean, listen, Phil's explosive. Why do you always have to knock him? Can he's you just a, be happy for no, him? No, he's explosive. He's explosive at the line, but he's not a breakaway I mean, guy. He's not like a four-two forty. Like guy. when I was he's watching that, I was like, oh my god, he is slow. No, he's not slow. Melvin Gordon's slow. He okay. Neither of them are breakaway guys. Neither of them oh, can. Phil's a breakaway guy. What do you? Uh, all of his highlight touchdowns, he's breaking away from guys. Anyways, he's he's a breakaway you, guy at the line of scrimmage, but you can catch him easily. How do you know that that corner is not like a four two forty guy or a four three forty guy? I don't think so. That was that was actually a bigger guy too. Anyways, I guess Phil Lindsay's tiny, but. You're making it out to be like he was a linebacker that caught him. It was definitely a, a DB of some sort. Anyways, Phil Hader. Shouldn't be faster than Phil. Oh, my gosh. There's only one player since the merger to have 450 career rushes and zero fu- zero fumbles. Philip Lindsay. Out of the whole merger, 450 carries. And then the, the ironic part yeah, it's, it's is you have... That he puts on his hand oh, okay. so he doesn't yeah. drop it. Yeah. Well, uh, the ironic part about this is you have a guy who never fumbles and you have a guy who always fumbles. So they're in the same back backfield. It's a tandem. It's yin and yang. You know, feels like I'm going to hold on to it. It's like you tuck that thing in a brick wall. No one can get it. And then you go to Melvin and Melvin will just toss it like a, you know, like you, just jinxed the, you just jinxed Philip. Right? Well, I think He's, the stat just jinxed him. But listen, I mean, if he fumbles once, like we have history here that says he doesn't fumble. Like, what I think the he, last time he fumbled was, like, his what like if junior he, year. What, what if he fumbled twice in, uh, this weekend against Atlanta? Why do you do this? <laughs> Why do you do this? Why can't you just let me live? Okay? Golly, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Broncos at Falcons this week. Um, it's in Atlanta. That obviously doesn't mean much. The uh, I was doing some research last They're night. They're 0-4 out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, they have actually a really good offense. Um, their defense is not very yes. good. Yes. Yeah, no doubt um, they have a good offense. Um, they, they their are, rush defense is actually uh, top ninth. 10 as well. They're ninth oh, yeah, in rushing. Ninth. Uh, 32nd in total defense and 31st in pass defense. So, 
Yeesh, first off. I don't know where they're at in scoring defense. I'm sure they're probably middle of the pack or lower. Um, but their rushing defense is good. However, offensively, they're middle of the pack rushing, but they're second in total offense and they're second in pass yards. So, uh, and they're ahead of the Chiefs. This, in that. this is a this is the most difficult game of the weekend to pick. And yeah. that Atlanta's favored at four. Minus four. I can see that. If I if I were if I were making that, I put it at zero. <laughs> I, this right. is well, this I mean, is like yeah. Essentially, we know that they're only getting those points because they're at home. Um. Well, usually you only get two or three if you're the home right. team, so they're getting one or two extra. But if it was in Denver, it'd probably be maybe them by one or maybe a coin flip. Uh, maybe Denver's favored by one. Who knows? Does Atlanta? Oh man, does Atlanta get their first win at home? Well, it's definitely possible. We know that a lot of games are winnable with the Broncos, and a lot of games are very losable. So you never know what team you're going to get on a given week. Early feelings on this game, though. Um, last week I was leaning Broncos with the Chargers, but I ended up picking the Chargers, and they and the Broncos won. So. It's kind of like with the Jets. I was going to pick the Broncos, but I ended up picking the Jets and the Broncos. Yeah, I had a feeling the Broncos were going were gonna to win. I just could not pick them. Like, you know, last Friday, it was like I was I was this close from picking Denver, and then I just I looked at that score, the Kansas City game, and I just I couldn't do it. Well, I, yeah, I just, you, you can't I, trust I, them. I couldn't do it. They're a bad football team. Um, I, By the way, can, can we just, before we dive into this game a little bit, the booing, the whole... Oh my God! Players and the portions of of Broncos fans, you know who you are, uh, getting mad at the fans booing. Wh- why? They're one. They're paying to be there. Okay, they have a right to express how they are feeling. Whether it's cheering, if a guy wants to cheer by dumping soda on his head, would I do that? No. Would I boo? No. But you pay to be there, so you can celebrate or express frustration. However you want to. Now you got players saying, you know, like Shelby Harris saying, oh, we're the real Broncos fans. Um, I was mad that you guys were booing us. Well, Shelby, at the point that they were booing you, it was halftime, and you had under 100 yards of total offense, and you were getting kicked in the face by a division rival and another team that was 2-4 and four at that. So uh, I would say that's fairly warranted. And for all these people like, oh, you, you didn't believe. Were we, just, were we supposed to just uh, expect the Broncos to make a 21-point comeback and win that game? Um, you know, or to tie the game and then ultimately win the game? Like, this whole booing thing and being upset, like, if you boo, you're not a real fan. And you need to have some more class and dignity. No. These guys know what they sign up for. And Vic Fangio said as much yesterday. He's like, I grew up in Philly. Like, in Philly, they booed Santa Claus. And they cheered for Michael Irvin when he was getting stretchered off the field. You know, Vic Fangio was like, I don't I don't care. If, if we wanna if we don't want to get booed, play better. Like they have a right to do that. You don't want to get booed, play better. You play bad, you're gonna get booed. That's just what it is. They pay your salaries, they show up, uh like like be happy that they're booing, in a sense, because booing shows that you care. Be concerned when your fans one don't boo, but also don't show up, which a lot of Broncos fans haven't been. That's what you should be worried about. I I think this just proves my point that uh, the Denver Broncos are no longer held to the standard that they used to be. No, they're not. Definitely not. Which is which is sad because I I still hold them to that standard, and I think I think you do. 
uh, I think where you work does. But yeah. unfortunately, because they've been so bad for so long, I think people have just kind of maybe not forgotten, but they've just gotten used to it. And so a win against a bad team is the greatest thing on the planet. And, you know, it just and and that, you know, when when that happens, all of a sudden the team believes that and you know the expectations for for the team <laughs> turns into oh well if we can make the playoffs and at that point you're the browns you're the you're the browns so i mean look how look how excited people in cleveland are for the, for their team that they yeah, are happy to what, be here <laughs> 5 and 2 it's the we're happy to be here mentality <laughs> that's what it is like that's that's you know, kind of what it was as, as when, a Nuggets when, fan. When Denver, when Denver, when the Broncos were five and two with Payton, people were upset. That when they were they two and three. They should be. They should be. Year. They should be six and zero. Oh. They should be seven and zero. Oh. They should finish the season 14, two, 13 and three. That was expectations, and that's just because it's Payton. When when even that last year Super Bowl fifty. Expectations. Oh, just because Payton was had you know had kind of fallen apart that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that oh you know we're okay with being an eight win team no that wasn't our expectations the the expectation was to win a super bowl i remember the year after they they lost to seattle or no 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 the year after they lost to baltimore uh in the playoffs it was in my mind and i think in a lot of people's minds it was a 16 week preseason that's what it was that was expectations that's how high expectations were and even before Peyton got there do you i mean i remember booze i remember i remember uh fans booing tim tebow oh yeah but guess what in the in the fourth quarter he pulled it out and did did tim tebow come out and say oh screw the fans that booed no Expectations were higher. Expectations were higher from the fans. Expectations were higher from the team. This team has fallen off dramatic. Like, like it, it is. It is a drastic difference from what it is today to what it was be- even before Peyton got here. I mean, Jake Plummer got benched for a rookie when he had a winning record and was playing pretty well. That's how high expectations were for this team. It is no longer there. And it's because these fans did the, you know, the the Kool-Aid drinkers, the the people that dress up in all orange on game days because they're just whatever, they're so excited to watch their team no matter how bad they are. That that's that's on them. And it it has translated to to the team. Because now the team is, oh, you know, we've been, we've been, you know, we haven't had a winning record in four years, five years that, hey, if, if we, if we can get to 500, you know, we, we should be celebrated. That, that is, that is where they're at right now. And that's pretty sad. I would, I would just like to ask all the fans who are like, you know what, just let them be there. They're trying hard and all that stuff and, and, and be patient. Don't boo. You think Pat Bolin would have cared if the fans booed, or do you think he would have even let it get to a point 
where they were booing like this? Do you even think he would have let it suffer like this through year after year of disappointment and all that? Like, no, I guarantee no, if, you if changes Pat, would have been Pat made. Bowen, if, if, and, and look, I don't like saying this because he's gone, and um, but if Pat Bowen was here, John Elway wouldn't be here. I, I certainly would. would he hope he would not. He would not be running the team. I mean, he got rid of Mike Shanahan. Why wouldn't he have gotten rid of John Elway? You know. Yeah. So it's just, I I'm not gonna tell a fan how to fan. If you want to celebrate and be more optimistic than than you know negative or realistic, however you want to call it, that that's your choice. But at the end of the day, you should be able to hold your team to a standard, and a standard is is met or a standard is created. When a team achieves lots of success, like the Broncos have done, they're three-time Super Bowl champions. They've been to, what, eight or nine Super Bowls total. You know, they've won the division so many times. They've been to the playoffs so many times. So so that standard has been put in place. And we're not far off from being in the point of, we're just happy to be here. I mean, that's that's not the mentality you want. Now, I get, and I think, there should be realistic expectations set. Now, was this team going to go 13-3? and three? No, I think when you have a team that doesn't have talent, you can be fair in your assessment and saying, I, I don't think they're won a lot of games this year. But ultimately, we got to get back to the standard of winning games and playing for championships. And the Broncos just haven't been doing that. And, and fans are just okay with that, and they're accepting that. But the fans that are booing are showing that frustration of, hey, we are used to a standard here. We want you to live up to that. And as much as I love Philip Lindsay, the one thing that really rubbed me the wrong way this week was his comments on this situation. Him saying that, you know what, he kind of tried to toe the line and play both sides of, I understand why the fans are booing. Uh, there's been a standard set here of winning games. They won games. All guys little. should know. He should know. Right. And, you know, he, he played that card of, I understand. But then he played the card of, uh, but I think a lot of times fans are just jealous because we're out here and they're not and they can't play the game like we can. And that to me is a dangerous line, Phil. Like when you put play that card of uh, you're just mad because you can't be out here and be me and play on in the NFL, like that's one, that's a low blow. And two, it's just, it's just unnecessary. Like you don't have to go there. That's how you alienate fans. That's how you turn people away from you, your team and your product. You don't do that. And it's not like everybody has a chance to play in the NFL. Like even great athletes, there's no guarantee that you're going to make it in the NFL. There's only a certain percentage of people in the, in the country, in the world that can play professional sports and the NFL is not, you know, a stranger to that. So for him to play that card, that really rubbed me the wrong way with this whole booing situation. It, it was, it was just a joke. And you know, some places, some organizations support that narrative more than others. Like I can guarantee you the place I work, we don't support that because we're right there understanding the fans that are do that, doing that other places. They're like pumping that up and like saying, yeah, fans be, be patient and be happy. Don't boo. Well, I guess we should just wait until the game is completely done. And then, Oh, we lost. Now let's boo. Or and even then we, they probably don't even want you to boo. So it's a joke. There's standards here. Um, as long as your expression of frustration doesn't turn into harassment or you're not putting a player or a coach or another fan in harm's way, listen, you have the right to do what you want to do. I mean, you're paying to be there. Season ticket holders are paying to be there. So if they want to boo, 
because they don't like your product, then they can boo. That's just that's just it. Would I boo? No, I'm not a booer. But you know, unless it's Mason Plumlee or Danny Sorensen, um, then then yes, I will boo. <laughs> or the Chiefs, I will boo you. I don't like you. I will boo you. Other than that, no, I'm not a booer. But it was just. I just had to, to get that off my chest. I wanted to know your thoughts on it because it's been a thing this week. Of you know, It was a hot topic earlier in the week. But... I mean, I, I didn't say anything on Twitter or anything because I just thought it was – honestly, it's just sad. It, it, yeah. It's it's really sad how far this uh, this franchise has fallen. Um, they – you know, I, I've said it the last couple of years, but they're probably in the top five worst-run NFL franchises in the league. And a lot of Broncos fans don't get that. Like they don't like they don't understand that. They think the Browns and they think like, oh, they suck, and we're not the Browns. No, we, the, we the, be Brown, the Browns. The, the Browns have been run better than than the Broncos have. They're the at least turning year. it around. But the Broncos are at the bottom. Where the Jets, the Browns, yeah. uh, and the, by the, the way, Lions. by the way, I'm so sick of hearing the injury excuse for the Broncos. Every team has injuries. I, I'm so ex- I'm 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 so sick of it. Um, Look and at San Francisco. People bring up the money uh, thing. That the bulk of that is Vaughn. And by the way, what did Vaughn do last year? Do you That's really do you really think Vaughn would have helped the team that much? It's a fair do argument. You really, to ask. Because I don't think he would have impacted the team as much as say Bosa for the 49ers or you know, three other players for the 49ers. Uh, he was he was just another guy. He was not going to come in this year and have a have a twelve to fifteen sack season. He just wasn't. So so why and, and and you know when you bring up the money, yeah, they're I believe they're second or third, but a lot of that is Vaughn, mm-hmm. and that to me means nothing. Well, just look at the Forty ers They really lost doesn't. their two starting defensive ends. They lost Richard Sherman as well. They lost their quarterback, who continues to be plagued by the high ankle sprain. Um, they've lost, uh, Mostert. They lost, uh, George Kittle. They've lost Debo Samuel. Like that's a team that's reeling too. Okay. So the yeah. Broncos aren't the only team going through this stuff. By the Andrew's way, the, the Broncos, yeah, they, they didn't have Drew Luck for a few weeks. Uh, but the only other guy that they haven't had is Sutton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and look, Sutton's the biggest injury loss for, for the Broncos. I get it. But at the same time. You just drafted back-to-back wide receivers, and you have two big tight ends, and you went out and got a running back who costs eight million dollars a year. Your offense should be fine. Yeah, they have weapons. There's no excuse. They're just a bad football team, but nobody wants to acknowledge that. Now, are they bad because they lack talent? No. Uh, do the injuries play a role in in their struggles? Yes. Uh, but also a lack of offseason, uh, second-year quarterback, a new offense, a new OC. Like, these are all things that we, like, talked about and said. Like, when I went to my 3-13 and 13 pick, this is, like, things I ran through. And, you know, everybody was like, oh. Like, where's the guy that, that said, you know, I was, I was crazy for, for my take of them being a bad Well, to be fair, team. they've already won their three games. They have. So, now, now will, will they get past that? That's the question. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing, too. Uh... As we as we get into this Falcons game, because uh, talk about I want to talk about expectations because Drew Lock had a hell of a fourth quarter. He did. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. Um, that last pass, that touchdown, that was an outstanding play by Drew Lock. Yeah. And and credit to KJ Hamler for for adjusting because that play was supposed to go to KJ on uh on the uh the drag or it was whatever route he ran. 
the in the flat. Yeah, that was he, flat was, he was he was on to that get right it. side already. Yeah, he was on the he was on the right side already. So on that flat route, he was supposed to get it right away. Um, and instead of forcing it, Drew Locke waited, acted like he was gonna run, and KJ adjusted, and it was a great play. Um, so credit to the players, and I I like the play call. That was a that was a good play call because it gave Drew options, right? Um, where you know you're rolling out to one side, but KJ is one option. Your tight end in the back uh, corner is another option, and then you have a w- receiver coming out uh, from the uh, weak side as well. Um, so it was a good play call. Um, I thought uh, I I thought Drew played great. I thought he made a great read on that. Uh, it was a great throw. KJ barely caught it. I think that was a kind of a scary catch for KJ because I feel like he could have easily dropped it. Um, but now, okay, you did it in the fourth quarter. You that's a that's a flash quarter, right? We need to see it for a game. You oh, yeah. you cannot we you know what what are the expectations on on Drew Locke because. Because yeah, he had a great fourth quarter, but I'm I'm not doing this whole Tim Tebow thing. I'll tell you right now, because we just ran through the numbers a little bit ago. The Falcons have the second worst pass defense and the worst total defense in the NFL. If Drew Locke does not come out and throw two eighty to three hundred and have at least two touchdowns, I what how do you not have success against this Falcons defense? How do you not? They, they're bad at defending the pass. Drew has tons of weapons. It should be a field day for the Broncos' air attack. It should be an absolute field day. And if he has anything less, like, if he has anything less than 250 and two touchdowns, I think it's a disappointing game. Now, obviously, context matters. How it happens matters. But I just think he should be in line for a big day. Whatever you think a big day is, that's what she she should be in line for. For me, that's anywhere from 280 to 300, two to three touchdowns. Um, I'll even spot him a pick. If he throws a pick, okay, fine, whatever. Um, but, I mean, if, if he turns it over multiple times, like he has been doing, oh, man. Like, this is a team you can move the ball on, you can score on. We, we stated earlier, they're good against the rush. They're ninth uh, against uh, the running game in the NFL. The Broncos are a middle-of-the-pack rushing uh, team. Um, when it comes to total yards, uh, but against when it's yards per game, they're actually a little bit higher. I think they're like 12 or something like that. So listen, if Phil plays, I think you can have some decent success running the football. But for me, I think Drew Locke needs to have a big game because if he doesn't have a big game against the Falcons, nah, then that's just one step closer to me just being completely off this train. Yeah, I mean, we we, we have still yet to see a, a flash game from him yeah. and kemp makes a good um, point too real quick it's in atlanta so it's in a dome so there's no elements no so one, one perf- thing i will perf- say perf- though one thing i will say and and i said this before the season uh i told you let's give drew lock in this offense three to four weeks to see what they can kind of start to figure out right well drew lock has now played uh was that now three three games no how many uh, games he played play tennessee he missed Pittsburgh. Uh, what was the other game he missed? Um, he missed the Jets, but then he played the Chiefs. Oh, he the played Chargers. the Patriots. So he's played. He's played four games. Patriot. Yeah, yeah. 
He's played four games, and it took the last quarter of that fourth game to figure things out. So at this point, the offense should be rolling. Yeah, at this point, they should be clicking, right? You would think at this point, it should be uh, a chance for them to have success, to win, or excuse me, play well against another bad football team. Like, there's no excuse this week. There should be absolutely no excuse for Drew Locke to have a bad game. I just don't see it. And for Pat Shermer, it seems like he might be starting to figure things out a little bit with his weapons. Like, why we don't have Albert O and Noah Fant on the field a lot is baffling to me. Yeah, yeah. How we can't that, get Jerry... Two, yeah. the, the Broncos could easily have a... I wouldn't say equal to it, but it's pretty... It, it could be. It could get pretty close to Gronk and, and Hernandez. Remember yeah. that duo at tight end? Yeah. They have a hell of a duo at tight end right now. Except both um, of their guys are six, five, and plus. You know, Aaron yeah. Hernandez, I think, right. was Aaron like Hernandez six, two, was, six yeah, three, yeah, he maybe. was a small tight end. Um, you know, so, Gronk's like six seven. Right. So they they have they have a, I don't I I'm so sick of hearing that Julak doesn't have his weapons. I'm so sick of, of I'm I'm so sick of hearing about the injuries. Look, th- this offense they have weapons. Jerry Judy. I, I get it. He, him and Hamler are rookies, but Hamler just made a hell of a play. That was a that was a heck of a play by Hamler. Like, I don't think like that is. I I think I don't know if if people have really talked about that play by Hamler because it was supposed to go to him right away, and he was supposed to make a play. He adjusted. That is something that rookie wide receivers don't necessarily do all the time. But he adjusted and he put himself, he made himself open. He 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 shifted his his body and he he read the defense and he went to the left, right? And he adjusted and he he he's, he was watching Drew and he got himself open. And that is that is something that a rookie wide receiver doesn't usually do. Jerry Judy has foot has the Route running that a, a rookie doesn't usually have. Um, Alberto is a big tight end. Noah Fant is a good tight end. Tim Patrick is is a big receiver that you have on the outside. So I don't. I, I'm sick of hearing that Drew Lock doesn't have weapons. He needs to go out there and do it. And he proved in the fourth quarter that he could play well with the weapons. So he needs to do it for a whole game. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Pat Shermer has to help him out a little bit because Pat Shermer has these lulls where it's just like, why, why, are, what are we doing? But I just don't know. Each week, I just, I just get baffled at how we don't get easy touches for Jerry Judy. I just don't understand that. How do we not get the ball in this guy's hands? Whether it's a a reverse or a, a bubble screen or a little drag route, you know, a design screen for him in some way. I mean, it's always deep shots for Jerry Judy. I yeah, I will say though that that fourth quarter they did a good job. the The play calling I thought was excellent in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought there was a lot of creative plays. Uh, that 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 touchdown, that last touchdown, was a creative play. Um, because Drew had plenty of options. Uh, the Chargers played as well as they probably could have, and Drew bought enough time, and KJ made it made a great play. So. But I thought that play was I, I thought the play calling was really good. Uh at least in that fourth quarter. Um 
in the first look in the first half, I wouldn't even blame it on the play calling. Drew Locke was horrible in that first half. I mean, he was overthrowing guys. The ball wasn't even in the realm of where it was needed to be. Yeah, I think part of that too he was wasn't. the old line was getting they were getting pushed back in his face sure, too. Sure, but you I mean, that is you know, I the the throws were even he had a, a couple of throws where he had time and it, he was airmailing it. So that you know, that cannot happen. Um they the they had what four rushing yards in the first half? And and part of that is because they couldn't get a first down off of a pass because Drew Lock was completely inaccurate. That you know that that is those are concerns. He had a great fourth quarter, but he needs to put it all together in a game. He hasn't done it since last year. It's been almost a year at this point. Like yeah. he needs to he needs to have a complete game. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, Kemp says between the twenties, it should be Judy and Lindsay. Inside the twenties, Gordon Fant and Alberto. Yeah, I don't. I mean, and Tim Patrick, I'll even throw there inside the twenties. And I, I don't know if Tim's going to play this week, but I mean, if you get him back, I mean, that's another weapon right there. So there's no reason that Drew Locke should should have a bad game this week. Now I, I have seen that the 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 Falcons have been a little bit more aggressive since Dan Quinn's been fired. Yeah, they're blitzing a lot. Yeah, because Dan they're Quinn, if you'll remember, I mean, he came from that Seattle system. So it's more of zone, keep everything in front of us, yeah. and come up and tackle. Uh, yeah, so I watched them play against Carolina the last Thursday night. Um, I had that game on. And even before, I think if if, if Teddy Bridgewater didn't get knocked out, uh, I want to say that Carolina wins that game. But even then... Um, they only had 17 points for three quarters. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater was 15 of 23, 176 yards, a uh, touchdown and a pick. I believe that pick came at the very last drive when he came in. Um, so, I mean, he wasn't really playing that well before that. He was sacked three times. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I think, here's the thing. A lot of people are kind of they're kind of like, I guess, kind of pushing Atlanta to to the side. Like, ah, this this should be an easy win for Denver. But like I said, Atlanta has played well these last, I would say the last three weeks. They've played really well. They blew out Minnesota, which, by the way, Minnesota just beat Green Bay. Like, Minnesota is a... Yes, I know. They're, 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 a, good, <laughs> they're a good team. It's just... I, they, they just... They, they lose in crazy ways uh, this season. Like, that's just kind of how it's been for them. Um, but, you know, going into the season, Minnesota was expected to be a good team. Atlanta blew them out, 40-23. to 23. They lost to the Lions, in which they should have won that game if, if Todd Gurley didn't make the mistake of... of uh, they Detroit let yeah, them scoring. score. <laughs> yeah, Detroit let them score, and Todd Gurley, like remembered at the one yard line tried to fall you know what's hilarious about that zone. is they had matt ryan was mic'd up for something and he told him hey don't score here if right. we have a chance don't score right. and todd's so, like okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so if it wasn't for todd Gurley, for i don't know just i don't know what he was doing <laughs> what you call but... pinhead pinhead <laughs> <laughs> he's like wait do i score oh no 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 oh, no, right. Sorry. So they, they, but again, they held to they held the Detroit team before 
that it was um, at minus eight points for they they held him to fifteen points, and Detroit's offense is pretty good. Detroit's offense has been pretty good this season, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that this Atlanta team this should be an easy win for Denver. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it, I honestly I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta blew them out. I I really wouldn't. Yeah. But I I also wouldn't be shocked if Denver blew out Atlanta. Um, so I this is this is literally a fifty fifty game. Yeah. Well, listen. There is there should never be any game considered easy for the Broncos. Okay. So let's just get that out of the way. There's never any easy anything for the Broncos. Uh. So that's just something that should just be debunked right away. Right. Well, and Kim just said that even if Atlanta is leading in the fourth, that the Broncos should have. A chance. Yeah, I we want them. right where we have them. Uh, I would agree with that, but Carolina had plenty of chances. Carolina did not score in the fourth quarter on Thursday night. So, and even they had a shot at the end. I mean, Bridgewater was back in the game. They had a shot at the end, and Atlanta, I believe, that's when they got the pick. Um. So I, they, they've been, they blew the Detroit game two weeks ago, but other than that, they've been better as far as not blowing leads. Um, the, remember the Chargers have blown more leads at this point than, than Atlanta this season. It's been a while since Atlanta's blown a lead. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, but let's pick this game and let's get to our picks as we wrap things up here. Uh, Denver, Atlanta, 11 a.m., Southeastern game. Where are you feeling on this one? Obviously, you mentioned that Atlanta's uh, the favorite by four. Um, I I just I just can't pick the Broncos. I just I just don't have faith in them. I'm gonna go Atlanta here. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Denver won, but I just uh, I'm, I'm gonna go Atlanta. Uh, I think, oh, man, the the confidence from Denver is throwing me off. Um, because on one hand, I feel like. The confidence could be a good thing, but it, it could also be like, oh, it's Atlanta. They've, you know, they're two and six. Um, 11 a.m. game. Traveling to the east. I think Atlanta has played much better the last three weeks. Is Denver better than Minnesota, Detroit, and Carolina? I don't know. I honestly don't know if they are. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Um, this is, like I said, this is, this is the, this is the toughest game on, on the schedule this week. Uh, to, at least to pick. I want to go with Denver so badly just to go opposite of you. I just, ah, man, I. It's so hard to pick Denver, man. It's so hard. It, it's it's. You just don't I, know what you're gonna get. I I have a feeling that they're gonna play well. But here's here's the thing: Denver's defense. They've been good. Been good against the pass. Forced it, uh, turnovers in the last three straight games. Right. But Atlanta, oh man, uh, I, uh, I'm gonna take Denver. <laughs> I think I think you'll end up being right. I, I think Denver will win this game. 
I just don't know if I can pick them. All right, uh, Seattle versus Buffalo. This is an interesting game right here. Uh, Seattle can't stop anybody. Uh, I mentioned that Atlanta's like the, the in, in some categories are like the last or second to last team. The other team that's there with them is yeah, Seattle no, no. defensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Atlanta, uh, yeah. Atlanta's defense is better than Seattle. Uh, the, Seattle is, is brutal to watch defensively, mm-hmm. but they also have Russell Wilson. And that cures a lot of problems. Uh, hence why they are six and one with that as bad of a defense this, that they have. By the way, this is the second toughest game to pick <laughs> this week. I just, the, I just don't, uh, I just don't know if I can trust Josh. I'm, I'll, I'll take Seattle. Um, yeah, I'll start this one. I'll take Seattle. I wouldn't be shocked if Buffalo won though. No, but again, but, like, but they've been Buffalo's been very underwhelming these last couple weeks. I'd rather go down swinging with Russell Wilson in a bad defense than yeah. choose Josh well, Allen. Well, and here's the thing. Buffalo's defense has not been very good. Right. These past few, uh, like this season overall. They Buffalo's haven't been as good as they were last year. Mm-mm. This is again, another game I just absolutely hate. Chicago at Tennessee. <laughs> I just hate everything this about is, this game. This is your type of game. <laughs> I hate it. I absolutely. First off, I hate the Chicago Bears. I just hate everybody in the NFC. Uh, what is that? North? I, I don't like any of you, okay? I don't like Green Bay for losing to Minnesota. I don't like Minnesota because of Kirk Cousins. I just don't like you, Kirk. Uh, Chicago, I, I know they're a bad team. I shouldn't say bad. I know that they're a mediocre team, but they're playing better than a mediocre team. It's because of that defense, uh, which, shocker. It's not something like we're very used to out here. I just don't know if Chicago's offense is better than Tennessee's offense, and I trust Derrick Henry and Tannehill more than I do Foles and his cast of characters because outside of Allen Robinson, who who does he have out there in Chicago? Um, I just think eventually that running game is going to wear on the Bears' defense, and I, I'm going to trust Derrick Henry in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Tennessee, uh, and it's mainly because they lost last week. Uh they're a good team Cincinnati. and good teams and, and, and good teams when, when they lose, uh, especially a game that they're not supposed to, they will come back the next week and, and they'll play really well. So I'm, I'm going to go Tennessee, uh, Baltimore coming off that loss to Pittsburgh. They will take on the Indianapolis Colts who got a win last week versus Detroit. Uh, can you make any okay. argument for Indy here? I, I don't think so. I'm going to go Baltimore. Really? Yeah. Um, I think the Colts have played really well. They blew out Detroit 41-21. Yeah, they barely beat the Bengals. They lost to the Browns 32-23, but they beat the Bears. They crushed the Jets. They crushed the Vikings. There's a lot of bad teams in there. Ah, uh, that is a lot of bad teams. Um, You know Listen, what? Lamar then only I'm loses gonna, the I'm really big games. To, I'm going to stick to what I said then for the Tennessee game. Baltimore lost a really close game that I feel like they probably – I feel like they probably think that they should have won that game. Um, mm, I don't. So I'm I'm gonna go with Baltimore too. Good good teams usually rebound. They usually good teams don't usually lose back to back. Baltimore averages like three yards under 200 rushing yards a game. It's just insane how well they are at running the ball or how no. good they run the ball. Um, next game, another one I absolutely despise: Detroit at Minnesota. Um, Minnesota is actually playing better. And this is the week that they would trap me and be like, yeah, pick us. Dalvin Cook ran for like 700 yards and had 300 yards receiving and 17 touchdowns last week. You should totally pick us. 
and I don't want to pick them. Then on the like, other hand, it's the Detroit Lions. There's not Lions. even a line. There's not even the, the line. Yeah, there is no, nothing. I, that makes they, sense. Yeah, because <laughs> Vegas is probably, I don't know. I, I don't know where this is going. They haven't put anything yet. Yeah, because this is like, if this is the game, like your life is on the line and they're like, all right, you get this game right, you live. Detroit, Minnesota, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> how, am I, how am I supposed to choose this game? Uh, option uh, C. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, um, I want to pick against Minnesota so bad because I said I would never pick them again. But this would be the week that they win. They are playing better. It's a division game. It's in Minnesota. Oh, and there is no Matt Stafford. I forgot that. There is no Matt Stafford this week. Oh, that's right. Okay, Minnesota. That makes me feel better. I was going to pick Detroit. Uh, I'm going to yeah. pick I'm Minnesota. Glad you, I'm glad you said that. I'm I'll, 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 I was picking Detroit. And... Yeah, I no, was going to pick no, Detroit no. until I remembered that Matt Stafford's not there. That's the only yeah. reason I'm not picking that. And this will be yeah. the game now, now that I say that, this will be the game that Minnesota loses. They'll get absolutely demolished, and Kirk Cousins will throw for like 113 yards and four picks. God, Kirk Cousins makes me angry. He makes me so mad. Well, he's, here's... He's not even my quarterback. Yeah, like I said, this week is brutal. This, yeah. this week is absolutely brutal it's for not picks. Good. Uh, but you I want, wouldn't be shocked if we went like, we got two right. Oh, yeah. You're going Minnesota, though, for this one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Stafford uh, out. Giants-Washington, another weird game. Who's even starting at quarterback for Washington? It's not Alex Smith. It's the other guy. No, it's it's uh, it's uh the kid that was playing in Carolina last year. Okay. Uh, Brand- no, it's not Brandon Allen. Kyle Allen. One of the yeah, Allens. Yeah, Kyle Allen. There. Yeah, Kyle Allen. Um, the Giants have actually been playing better. I mean, they could have beat Tampa the other night if, you know, Daniel Jones knew how to through it when a guy is open like literally look, open. look the the giants could barely beat the cowboys i'm taking washington they almost beat tampa last week though like they probably should have oh, beat yeah. tampa they they should have beat literally ah, daniel taking. jones I, if he didn't if he didn't wait 17 years to throw the football to the guy in the flat i think it was Deion lewis like i'm, I'm still game. i'm still taking washington okay two weeks ago these teams played and the giants won 20 to 19 um, I'm taking Washington. Is Chase Young playing in this game? <laughs> I like how on the injury report it says Giants football team. <laughs> it's Kyle, Kyle Allen actually played really well. It was 31 of 42, 280 yards. Hey, that's a better game than Drew Locke has had all year. Oh boy. 31 of 42, 282 touchdowns. Do I trust <laughs> Daniel Jones? Uh, Daniel Jones against Washington two weeks ago. Why am I saying? Why am I? I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna say anything. You can look it up yourself. Pick Washington or pick pick Giants. I dare I you. Kind of pick the Giants. Do want to pick the Giants? I dare you. Pick the Giants. But Chase Young is playing this week. Pick the Giants. I dare you. Division game. Let's circle back to that one. No, 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 no. Pick it now. Pick it now. You're going Washington. Why are you so confident? I mean, Terry McLaurin is playing really well right now. I guarantee I, I guarantee Washington wins. You guarantee it? You want to put something mm-hmm. on that? What do you want to put on that? We can put something on it. I guarantee you Washington. Why, why do you have so much confidence in the Washington? Do you, do you know something that I don't? I, no, I, I just have a gut feeling. I don't know. I really like Washington this week. That line, Ooh. that minus two and a half, that is way too small. Little. I don't know. 
I just don't know if I can trust Daniel Jones because like he plays bad one week and then he plays really good against Tampa. He turns the ball over so much. Like mm-hmm. so, so much. I'm gonna go Washington. Oh, come on. <laughs> Your confidence in Daniel Jones makes me very <laughs> makes me very uncomfortable and I don't like it. Um Houston versus Jacksonville. Houston is just wanting to blow things up. I don't know if you saw earlier in the week that uh, Brandon Cooks, who's been traded like every year he's played, he's <laughs> on the trade block, and so is Kyle Fuller or Will Fuller. Yeah, Will Fuller's Fuller. cornerback. Uh, Will Fuller's also on the trade block. Jacksonville, is Gardner Minshew still their quarterback? Yes. Why do I think he was benched? Um, uh, he might have. I have no idea. I, it's a mess in Jacksonville. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Houston. Yeah, uh, for some reason, I feel like he was benched. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Houston in that one as well. Las Vegas Raiders versus the Chargers. This will be an interesting game. Um, the Raiders are actually a good, solid, above-average team. I don't know if I'm going to say good yet. Uh, I'm going to go the Raiders here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the Chargers won. I mean, they're, they've, they've um... talent to win. Hmm. That's another tough one. Um, what what did the Raiders do last week? They beat the Browns. They beat the Browns. Six. Six. <sighs> yeah, I'll take the Raiders. I don't know how you can trust the Chargers at this point. The line is even. Is it really? Wow. Um, Pittsburgh, Dallas. Is there any like? I mean, I think Dallas is going to get boat raced in this. So oh yeah, no Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't think there's. I wonder what, what's the what's the spread on that one. Dallas might not win another game this year. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, let's see. Pittsburgh. Did you see Dallas. people are saying that they should take Justin Fields? I mean, yeah. I mean, everything should be in play for them. They're gonna let Dak go. I mean, if yeah, if you're the Cowboys, I mean, you're a bad football team. Why would you? Hey, well, Broncos. There's your band aid. That that's you know. the one band aid that would actually work. Even with <laughs> Dak, I mean, they weren't they weren't doing anything the past two years. So that'd be like that's not a band aiding. That's like duct tape. Well, no, that's even better than that. Like flex. What's more? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. There you go, Denver. There you go, yeah, LA. They even have different There's... colors of Flex Seal. You can even go on clear. You don't even know it's there. It comes in different forms. You do the, the glue, you do the spray, tape. It's versatile. There you go. Boom. Uh, Miami versus Arizona. This is a weird game. I don't like it. Miami's defense is like number one in the NFL. Did you know that? Their defense yeah. is really, really yeah, good. Their defense has been really good. Um, that's why, well, that's why I picked them last week. And I, I, I got that one right. Okay, but they, the they Rams, the Rams, first off, hey, okay, it wasn't because the, the offense played well. You picked the Rams. You were wrong. Because they got a uh, uh-huh. a kick uh-huh. return touchdown. Uh-huh. Uh, what else happened? Uh, uh-huh. I think a fumble for the Rams. Like, it was the offense did nothing for, for the Dolphins. It was literally that defense and special teams That's, that won the game. I didn't, I didn't pick them because I said Tua was going to have a 300-yard game. I picked yeah. them because Miami's a good team. Um. I'm picking uh, Miami. Are you picking them? Pick- the, here's the thing with the Cardinals. Is it just okay? like defense? I really like the Cardinals, and um, they because they started out two and zero. They they beat the Four ers beat Washington. They've beat the Jets uh, after their two losses against the Lions and Panthers. They beat the Jets. They beat the Cowboys. Okay, two of the worst teams in the league. Uh, they barely beat the Seahawks at home in a division game. It's a big game. This is a trap game. They've won three in a row. This is a trap game. All right. 
You made a compelling argument. I will also take the Miami Dolphins. Uh, New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. Why am I doing this? You were going to pick Arizona. <laughs> I was actually going to pick it. I was thinking, you know, Tua struggled. But seeing last night that my – I didn't know Miami had that good of a defense. Like, it's literally number one. Yeah, Miami's yards. defense. And their special teams is really good. Yeah, yeah I saw that. So, yeah. I mean, they literally went and, off the uh, back And here's that. the thing. Arizona's defense is not good. Hey, give Vance some credit. Come on. Let VJ – he's doing good they're not good they're playing well uh they're, they're not they're, bad but they're, they're probably not... like middle of the pack yeah um new orleans versus tampa bay antonio brown plays this week i just don't know how new orleans uh, has a chance uh, yeah i'll take tampa bay <laughs> and, and michael thomas i've been waiting for him to play for like seven weeks now every week they say all right michael thomas is back this week and he just doesn't do you, play. do you remember antonio brown's first game in new england did yeah, you watch he had that like uh, 84 yards and a Yeah, he went touchdown. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Miami. Brady is going to, yeah, he's going to, Antonio Brown is going to have like five catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. We're setting up very nicely for a Chiefs uh, Tampa Bay Super Bowl. So oh, it yeah. seems That's like gonna, that would be fun. That's what I'm rooting the for. The old That's guard versus see. the new guard. That's what I want to see. Although I think Pittsburgh could beat Kansas City. Um, we didn't pick the Kansas City game, by the way. Oh, I don't have it on here. Do we even yeah, need to pick it? I mean, is, is Carolina going to beat Kansas City? No. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> I, I had it marked on here, actually. I had mar- I pre-marked it for us because I was like, there's no way anybody's picking Carolina here. So, Kansas City. Boom. You know, I didn't even have to ask you. I just knew. Um, and we finished Monday Night Football. Oof. New England versus the New York Jets. Oh, God. This is a horrible game. Um, Cam Newton is you know what? his career you know probably what? on the line. I will pick the Jets. The Jets get their first win of the season against the Patriots. That's that's how badly it has gotten for the Patriots. That's how bad it's gotten I'm for the Patriots. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go New England. I'm, I'm taking the Jets. I'm going to go New England. I think, I think they're at least talented enough to beat the Jets. Yeah, but so. it's, it's, it's a division game. Yeah. In New York, the Jets aren't going to go on 16. Eh, and look, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. People he... give Sam Darnold a lot of crap. Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. Yeah. We'll see. That's going to do it for the picks. Uh, right now, I am currently sitting pretty at a 13-point lead. Um, inching you closer. Won't, you won't get to today. 20. Oh, I picked all my Thursday night games. You want to know? <laughs> no, because I don't Let's even have those. I don't even have I them picked. filled out for those weeks. I, I, I even picked the Thanksgiving game. <laughs> just, just text them to me your screenshot. <laughs> Wait, how do you take a screenshot on 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 an iPhone? Oh my God, you noob! Click the <laughs> the top volume button and the lock button at the same time. No, that does the power off. You have to click them at the same time. I I did. Oh, oh well, do you, you have the oh, you have the new iPhone, don't you? I was holding them. Yeah, you, you just, just click them. them. Yeah. Golly. Gotcha. For those who don't know, Brandon finally switched to the good side. Uh, he switched to, to Team iPhone. He's Team Apple now. So we welcome him with open arms. Yeah, I feel like an eighty-year-old man trying to use. Yeah, you probably email. you probably text with your your index finger, don't you? Oh yeah, I was gonna send that Boomer. to Aaron. Uh, okay. Anyways, we thank you guys for tuning in today. We thank so you my Thursday night us. picks are in for the rest of the okay. year. By the way, oh, that's good. You've <laughs> only you've only missed the last like four. So I mean, I, I'll take the easy wins. I mean, that's uh, that's fine with me. Layups are layups. I'll take them. So I'm I'm not gonna Steph Curry this thing. 
I'm not going to shoot from three when I can take the layup. So that's going to do it for us today. We thank you guys for tuning in. NBA's back. Be happy. We're that much closer to seeing Jokic again. I can't wait for, I hope there's a day where I get to watch Philip Lindsay and Jokic on the same day. It's like my dream come true. I need like a combined Jokic Lindsay Jersey. That'll happen this year. Most likely. But my favorite number is 35. So I could actually, I could make a half Lindsay, half Jokic Jersey. 35. Lyokic, Lenokic, Lenokic, <laughs> yeah, some Lindokic, I don't know, Dokic, I don't know, I'll think of it, but that would be cool. I would wear it. I totally wear it. It would yeah, say, "The Nuggets, Lokic, the <laughs> Nuggets on the on the front." <laughs> yeah, Lenokic, Dokic, Jokic. I don't know. We thank you guys for tuning in. We're like uh, time here. You said Jokic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- I'm taking the um, the eye from Lindsay and just throwing it in Jokic. It it sinks up very nicely. <laughs> That's gonna do it for us, bro. bro nuggets. <laughs> That's a good one. We uh we thank you guys for tuning in. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast for Brandon Stoll on the other side. I am Stephen Priest Jr. We'll catch you guys on Monday. Uh-huh.